Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken, and happy hour is happening somewhere else. So, we've been away for a while. Like how we ended that last episode on that cool-ass cliffhanger? Waiting for part two? Hmm? Well, I guess you could say we've taken a rather long summer hiatus. And now we're starting up a new season of the show? I don't know. Uh, I would say that that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But honestly, uh, it is my story. I don't owe you shit. Our show ain't even that popular. There, I said it. That's my story and I am sticking to it. Anyway, this is part two of our Rick James report card. It was recorded on Friday the 7th of May. And we got a little bit more into the education policy. And at this point... uh, we were joined by Cognac. So we'll start off this new season of the 320 Club with a bit of a laugh. Enjoy. So, so, so we're just putting numbers back into things. Um, since that's our theme of the show, or my theme of the show, I guess. Um, so in in March we added three hundred five thousand jobs. By April, by the end of April, when we went back into lockdown, we shed uh, was it three hundred or sorry two hundred seven thousand jobs in Canada. So what you're seeing is, is, is what was your first number? Three hundred something. Sorry, I, I would have to click back here. So click stats can reports. We no. added 371,000 jobs in March. Oh, that was unemployment. Yeah. Uh, so employment in retail rose 95,000. So we rose 95,000 in March, and then we lost 207,000 in April. So what you're seeing observationally is, is it actually the symptom of that job loss. Precarious housing is is one of those subsets. Plus, we have the, the, the housing de- that increased housing demand that we talked about was just raising rents. Uh, so people are in that, in that, in that situation where uh, housing and that stability you would have with, um, uh, with that is, 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 is very sad and troubling. Um, but is, is there like, how are we fixing it? And that's the better question. Well, this is why we brought on Cognac to show us the way. <laughs> I hath arrived. Speaking, what are we talking speaking about? Speaking of petulant children uh, who who have hard have a hard time listening to their teachers. <laughs> I never listened to a teacher in my whole I'm life. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to work in a 1902 factory. Your school system's no good for me. Um, what are we talking about? Cognac. High this is prices? Rick. No, no, we're talking about the education system and the oh, impacts. What has worked? Nothing. What has not? Almost in, everything in, in the last few months. <laughs> so, my sorry to interject. So um, Rick, Rick, this is yeah. this is cognac, cognac. This is Hi, Rick. Rick. I, I get along. You know, this will probably go better Pleasure. because I joined late because I'm only tolerable in um, small doses. So you know. So <laughs> help me out. Is cognac the guy who works? At a university in Quebec, yeah. is this no? I do live in Quebec. Yes. 
I am far from working in a university. I barely graduated from one. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, sorry. So you you have a guest who's a professor in Quebec? No? Or am I just... We've had a guest that was a... We've had a guest that's a professor. He's only been on once. We called him the professor for that reason. Oh, shit. Um, Okay. My apologies. No, no, that's okay. All right. No, uh... (laughs) Cognac is more of our uh, transient, uh, let's say, well, uh, well, well traveled grifter. Well, we got we got to balance it out. I'm like the like the the, uh, the sober second thought. He's more like id. Sober very- since when? I remember that Shakeology mug. Come on now. Who are you trying to pretend with? We're all friends here, Whiskey. You're literally I called remember- Whiskey. <laughs> and you you chased the raccoon with your shotgun. In your underwear. No, it was coyotes. It was coyotes. Underwear. It was coyotes. Coyotes. Hey. <laughs> Sober uh, second thought on his homebrew fucking toilet moonshine. All right, hey, there, hey, sunshine. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he's more, uh, Cognac's more the avant-garde. Uh, <laughs> Rocks is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> For the, first 45 for, minutes, for the first 45 minutes after the after the first 45 there's no guarantees it all goes to shit so so i'm remember if, if i remember correctly uh rick james uh sir you are a teacher so i shall refer to you as mr james which is uh what i remember from my uh school years so unnecessary but all right i will take it <laughs> i'm doing it facetiously but you know <laughs> so mr james means. mr james i've actually got a good friend of mine uh, in all seriousness which i do uh for very short bursts and then it's back to being uh, uh flippant and, and and problematic but i have a good friend of mine who's a high school teacher in ontario uh and him and i have had multiple discussions on reforming the school system on the things that need to change um you know we talk at least once a week um we kind of bounce philosophy ideas off each other and stuff. Cause I do read despite my image and the way I speak. Uh, but um, one of the things we talked about is that at the end of the day, and one of the problems we've had here in Quebec uh, with the pandemic is the schools have been shut down so often um, that it's, it's a, it's a major issue um, and it, it causes massive problems on the economy. Now it's, it's a little bit different because obviously here we've been locking down a little bit earlier than you guys and then opening back up a little bit earlier. We're on a kind of a different cycle. Um, but at, we'll sync up eventually. Okay. That, that's a myth. Apparently that's a myth. Oh. Apparently, oh. but, uh, the, um, the thing that we've talked about is how, uh, public school system as it is right now is essentially, its main purpose is state-sponsored daycare, um, and it, it allows both parents to work. Um, because him and I have identified the fact that um, you know the the way we, I don't know how much has changed since I left high school. Far too long ago for me to say out loud, but you know there was there Not was much. a lot of memorization by rote. You know uh, what year was the treaty or what day was the treaty of versailles signed on and 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 if i looked back I, we had access in our library to old um because i went to a relatively old high school that was had been in the same building forever uh you know tests from like 1901 where it was like list the 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 monarchs of england uh for the last however many years and we kind of keep banging on this 
memorization by rote and even like the kind of the, the hours of school and everything fit into what was designed during the industrial revolution to produce factory workers which i made that that flippant comment where i think nowadays we'd be much better served to allow uh kids in school to have access to this wonderful device we call a smartphone that we carry everywhere with us at all times during all exams but to teach them how to critically analyze what they read and not just believe what's shoved in front of them <laughs> that's a long uh, yeah i mean uh so all there was a question right i think there was a question there well uh, it's, it's uh, like how how far off base because i didn't catch the early bit of the conversation so how far off am i fair of what you guys were talking so about? uh I'll work, work on the last two points. Uh, in terms of memorization by rote, like, yeah. Like, I mean, how many times were you told in high school, like, oh, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket every day? Well, I don't you know, trust any of you. You were adult all life. <laughs> But, like, you totally do, right? Uh, what's interesting. <laughs> I have a tricorder in my fucking pocket. <laughs> this is, we are living in Star Trek. If I don't, if I don't know the thing. equation to get, like I want to, I want to calculate something. I don't even know what equation to look for. I just Google it, and it does it for me. That totally. or I host but, a podcast, and Whiskey does the mathematics for me. <laughs> but Cognac, somewhere along the way, you were taught how to use a tool. I would imagine, right? And and taught how to use a variety of tools. And so, I mean, maybe the tool wasn't as simple as like saying, "Hey, Google, find this equation," right? But uh, the, the one that we always get from kids uh, on their exit surveys is like <laughs> the, the sober one. The sober one, everybody. I know you can't see it, but he's literally in a ball pit. He's in a pit of balls. Yeah. So he has got a ball pit in his basement. I assume for his daughter and his. I son. should hope so. Otherwise, he's he on a list. Just... <laughs> Oh, just <laughs> it's just you with your headset on poking out of a pool of balls. <laughs> Sounds like my friend. Can you take me seriously? Can yeah. you take me seriously now? <laughs> Wait, are uh, you trying to tell us something there, Cognac? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, anyway, I'll, 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 to Mr. James's point, the tool I learned to use in school certainly didn't come from sex ed. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, fair enough. You went to Catholic school. No, I did not. Um, I was... Oh, fair. Nope. <laughs> so the, the the one that we always get from kids is uh, like, oh, like nobody taught me in school how to do my taxes, but I learned Pythagorean theorem. And like, I've never used that in real life. And I'll argue, like I've I've built staircases and decks like as DIY projects, and I for sure use Pythagorean yeah, theorem. It's, it. it, 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 um, because you don't realize you're using it when it becomes second nature enough. And also the Pyla- yes. Pythagorean theorem thing is to understand the basics of how the world works. And also, let's be honest, you're teaching them how to learn information, not the information. And, and you, you can teach yeah. me how to do your taxes all you want, but then Intuit TurboTax comes out and I can do it while I'm taking a shit. And it's no longer worth an entire semester of school. You're teaching them how to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, and that's yeah. that's the thing. Like when, when a 12 U student graduates from uni- or from high school and they're like, oh, you never taught me how to do my taxes, but you taught me all this calculus. Like, like, no, but adult. you you know how to learn. And so when you log into UFile, you're going to be able to figure out like how to follow a tutorial. Like you're, you're a, learning how to learn. That's a 100%. really good point. I'm really glad that Cognac brought that up. Like how in the age of, you know, uh, the industrial education system do you 
do you update the system so that kids can learn when they have access to literally everything? Like, obviously, okay. And I've been thinking about this problem a lot. It's like when this goes away because of some sort of fucking fucked up Holocaust. Will never happen. What are or, we going to do? A Rogers, a Rogers blackout. Whatever. That was yeah, a rough same, eight same, hours. Same difference. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone was in a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> and it, feels, it was national news like that's how reliant yeah. we are on these things that was a rough eight hours because we yeah. were all at home know, we were, you weren't but everyone else was stuck at home i was like, i've been yeah. in lockdown longer than you nerds yeah 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 <laughs> anyway but it's interesting because like I, i've been thinking about that like as this as a problem and if this goes away, I'm holding up my cell phone for our viewers uh, or listeners, um, is that at that point, I think we're going to have bigger problems. You know, if if it really goes to shit, well, we have uh, yeah, much, the, the, much bigger problems. Don't, don't OK, the the whole like, if so let's just go along goes away, assuming yeah. assume the Internet and everything works. Otherwise, our entire system that we've established over the last 20 years completely collapses and we're learning and and we're trying to relearn how to hunt coyotes and i'll go hang out with whiskey where he could with his turd boat you know uh call back (laughs) six months ago but um yeah that's a different thing i think what my point was well i think what my point was more geared towards is that um uh, more and more uh, the education system needs to do its best and of course the education system is controlled by the government which is typically slow to react to technological change but um, there's a lot of misinformation out there and I think being able to better critically analyze normally we reserve critical analysis for university right and even then not even undergrads undergrads I remember being told when I was uh, when I was doing history courses you don't get to an express an opinion in a paper you're an undergrad opinions are for yeah. are for doctorate students right that, that's for a PhD yeah. thesis you do not have enough knowledge in this topic to even approach expressing an opinion but undergraduate studies are to to get you to critically analyze i think we might need to advance that a little bit um because the fun fact is the voting age uh and age of majority is 18 which is when grosso modo the most people end up going to university but they've been affected and being fed with vast amounts of stimulus that could never have been predicted by the education system even 25 years ago, 20 years, it's at 10 years ago. When I was, five, when I was at university, ago, yeah. you needed a university email address to be able to join Facebook, yep. right? That's not a thing anymore. All our moms are on it and sending stupid captions with a picture of a minion. And apparently that's a joke. Um, so like these, these kids are being affected by just a fire hose of information constantly and they don't have the tools necessarily to be able to critically analyze what they're reading and neither do most adults i'm not putting it on students most adults are horrendous at it you know the the the, the thing i hate hearing is i've done my research no you fucking haven't because you don't know what re- you watch the YouTube you don't video. know what research is at best you read an article but it was an article chosen by an algorithm those you'll be interested in it you didn't do a source review you didn't you didn't do research stop calling it research because you don't even know what research is yeah i would uh, i would agree with a lot of that in that the the challenge with it is and I, i would flip this back to you cognac in that when you were younger did you have adults telling you you know, you've got it so easy now. Like you don't know what it's like to be our generation. <laughs> uh, are are you are you cresting to that point 
where you're now looking at like there, there's enough years between you and high school kids where you're saying these fuckers have got it too easy and they don't they, they're not like I was going through high school because I and I'll, I'll flip this. I recently came across my high school transcript and I thought like I'm, I'm an, a, a high school teacher now. Like I, I graduated university on the Dean's list. I thought I was a good student in high school. I looked at my like past report cards and my high school transcript and went, Holy shit. Like I was like mediocre at best, if not a shithead in high school. Okay. D student. So D you student. might be surprised at my high school transcript. So you, you flipped it back to me. So I'm just going to answer real quick whiskey. Uh, um, I do not think they have it easier than us. I actually think they have it harder than I did when I was in high school because they've got a lot. Um, when I was in high school, I mean, I went to, I went to high school in a town called Kempville, Ontario. I, oh, I, know I, I went to oh. North Grenville district high school. No. Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, you know, I lived in Merrickville. <laughs> I had dial-up internet where if I wanted to download a picture of Britney Spears' titty, it took me about an hour if mom didn't pick up the phone. You know, it loaded in bars. Um, we did computer science class where we, we, we used fucking WordPad to make a web page with, like, all the graphics that were all the rage in 2002. Um I think students today actually have it harder, but I also think students today uh, are entering a more difficult world than we understood ourselves to be entering when I graduated high school in 2005. I think technology is advancing leaps and bounds and rapidly, and, and it is an exponential growth, and we've known that for 100 years if you look at the biplane to the Second World War, right? But um, the, the fun fucking fact is right now, uh, you know, I'm in my current job for another eight, nine years. Um, people ask, what do you want to do after that job? And I say, I have no idea. And it doesn't even, it doesn't even bear looking at until about two to three years before I'm going to leave my current job because the world is changing so rapidly and so quickly. Um, traditional fields that, uh, high school prepared people for won't anymore. Um, it, and it may be irrelevant. I have a good friend of mine that went to university in a very respected program that has become irrelevant because of computers. A, a formerly very high paying job that was sought after is just not even a thing anymore. Um, and, and that's going to keep happening. Um, one thing I think with the school system is I understand um, the reason, and, and I know as a teacher, you're going to hate this and the teacher's union would never let this happen, but I think school should run year round. I don't think there should be a summer break. The summer break was designed around farming and the harvest for the poor farm kids to go back to work. And the fact is nowadays, ma and pa both work and they work 12 months of the year. You know, they don't work. They don't take that four months off in the summer that, that students do. And if the if one of the primary roles of school is to be state sponsored daycare and the world is an infinitely more complex place than it was in 1902 when the school system was designed, they need that 12 months of schooling. They need it. We have we expend vast amounts of resources on summer camps and everything, government sponsored summer camps and all this shit. This is try and keep kids occupied in the summers so that when they're in Methville, fucking Manitoba, they're not, you know, busting you windows and Kentville. stealing cars and Shut doing up. whatever. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Kentville. I grew up in Toronto, brah. 
<laughs> wow. you, you had to point out to Methville, Manitoba. Have you been to Manitoba? To our only, well, we have one. Have been we to have one host There's on this a, show who oh, one's got. Okay, hang on, wait. Last, okay, hang on. Three. I'm gonna make everyone happy. I'm gonna. I got. Okay, I gotta do a, a little high, bit of fucking. And a high pregnancy uh, rate. <laughs> I'm gonna do a little bit of Chamberlain appeasing here, Methville, Saskatchewan. But you, instead of going around fucking whatever kids do when they're bored, which is generally getting shit. No, they just TikTok now. That's good though. That's good. As much as that's a scourge on humanity because the amount of content coming out is just horrendous. At least it's something for them to do. But Christ, are they ever wrapped up in fucking too much time to think about the narcissistic bullshit that is Instagram and TikTok and all that shit? Their body image issues are going to be even worse than when we were all kids. That was already problematic because they're surrounded by their and they're not being challenged by their peers or their school system or their parents don't have any time for them because they're trying to cap catch up on a year's worth of fucking COVID lost revenues. You know, like. We need a year-round school system for our kids to better prepare them for the world, but also to allow the modern age, which is both parents work full stop. You know, in Ontario, you need to make if you're if your parents working, you need to make more than twenty six hundred dollars a month for your for it to be worth it. Otherwise, the daycare doesn't make any sense. You know, Uh, so question. I love it. Um, I'm going to try to work off these as quick as I can. Um, first one that you talk about the union thing, like your union will hate it. Uh, you would be surprised and, and small sample size. Like I've worked in half the schools in my board over an 11 year career, trying to find permanent work. Uh, you must uh, know my buddy. He's doing the same thing. <laughs> the majority of the colleagues that I work with uh, would not disagree that school should be uh, like, not follow our, our summer break system. It's it's archaic, it's fucked up, it doesn't work, it doesn't support student learning. You can have kids that take grade nine math in September of their first year of high school and not get it again for a full calendar year before they begin another math class. doesn't work. Uh, so 100% agree with you there. Also, have you tried to take a vacation in the middle of the summer and book anywhere? It's so it's expensive. Like, give, it's me some, so expensive. give me some off-peak my, time. My, well, my job... We generally have three weeks off in the summer, and it's so expensive. If you can manage to get your time off not in that bit, it's awesome. Right. Try to go somewhere on March break. It's terrible. Um, The other side of that, the one thing that I will before I get into the rest of it, uh, if you're going to make school 12 years round, or make school 12 months of the year. Yeah, but you could do a 10-year school then. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're gonna roll that, then you got to pay for that, right? Like you're paying for a essentially nine months of education right now. And we've had a previous podcast where we talked about like the job action stuff that was going on. Basically, um, after a study that was done in like 2004 uh, via Ontario College of Teachers, it was found the average working week of a teacher was 49 hours a week, which turns into if you if you factor that out over the nine month period, that works out to a 40 hour work week for a 12 month period. So you, you've got to pay for more than that, or you've got to start to factor in, maybe you hire more teachers and you don't work a full year, like, cause you need to have yeah, uh, do something like on. Scandinavia did where they do a four day work week. But you, you, what you could do is six hours of instruction per day with two hours of supervised study period where the teachers could then be preparing their next lessons while keeping an eye on the kids, which allows the overall goal of the kids being away from home for a work shift that both parents can work. Which, Which is kind of happening. 
at the moment with like the hybrid model that in my board at least uh, like we have like a study hall right? and, yeah yeah and i i don't think that's going to disappear whiskey go ahead the uh, I, I would add is there's probably a, a not a one for one correlation because once you once you stop the break you stop the review period because every lesson that you guys start there's always that big long introduction that you have to start at the end because you need to refresh of the the scope fate, the skill fate that you incurred over the 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 three or four summer months so I think there could be some, there 100%. could be some economies there when we're going to just roll into the next lesson the next lesson the next lesson um who who so remembers how to do that. long division, right? Uh, see, when I went to school, there was no dial-up internet. There was just no internet. Yeah, it's because you were in Manitoba. <laughs> like, the rest of us had it. No. We were at least, no. you the know, one place that had it was California. California. <laughs> <laughs> we were in the Iron Age. You were in the Stone Age still. <laughs> so when I went to school, we had glaciers. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to learn about glaciers today okay we'll just step outside and go and see one. Oh, my whiskey was always cold <laughs> in, in ten thousand years a mile below us will be toronto <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god could you imagine? <laughs> Fuck. How arrogant are we? He opened the door. I'm not going to not go through Let, it. Listen, like, 10, sorry, you, you guys know no, who I am. There's no doors 10,000 years ago. It's like saying the T-Rex face the Stegosaurus. It doesn't fucking work. It's like asking your class, how did cavemen fucking punch dinosaurs? The Flintstones. You go home to watch the Flintstones because it was a hot. Uh, it was a documentary at the time. <laughs> no, the Flintstones. It was, uh, it was HGTV. How to better use the dinosaurs to accomplish household tasks, right? <laughs> no, we didn't have HGTV. There was only two channels, and you had to. Wilma, Wilma's <laughs> a gatherer, and Fred works at a rock quarry. Their budget's one point eight million stones. <laughs> Oh man! They're looking for a two-bedroom by the coast. <laughs> so, so sorry, sorry. sorry. What are the probability this of, of this sperm and of this egg and ended up with that guy? <laughs> uh, I know I'm a chance in hell, but you know what? Someone had to take it. So I just realized why we only keep the episodes to about an hour long. <laughs> it's uh, it's whiskey's tolerance. Yeah, <laughs> he's on barrel strength down there. It's fine, you know. The rest of us could get on his level. Barrel strength for rookies, buddy. <laughs> seventy-five proof. Oh god. Oh my god, seventy-five proof. That's not. Oh well, that's that's not so bad. It's not advisable. Talk- it's not advisable. I mean, 105 whiskey proof and is, rock. The, that's the 320 what, that's Club podcast does not support drinking uh, to excess. Uh, right. Right. While, you're, drink while with, you're driving, drink in moderation. What's the word? Moderation. Moderation. <laughs> yes. When you drink, <laughs> don't drive. Word. Okay. Did we have a discussion that we were going that we just completely sidelined, or what's going on well, here? Well, uh, 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 Mr. James and I were kind of going back and forth. <laughs> I'm glad we brought you on. Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> we no, but this is good because I'm going to separate this. I've already got ideas just how to separate this. We've already talked about what's actually going on on the ground, 
now we're getting into the the philosophy of education, which I think is really, really fascinating. Can you imagine somebody explaining to you during your high school years about Zoom yeah, no. and what no, the hell no, But that's what I like? mean. That's what I mean no. by the world changing so much. And like, I think oh, I think 100%. kids honestly need more time. Um, and and I and I honestly think it's it's more than just our public school system, our high school system. We need to look at our university system. We look at everything. And I'm not getting into the uh, the road that Rox and I have gone down before, where uh, outside the STEM fields, universities are just ideological pushers. That's not the road I'm getting at. I think we actually have to have a solid look. And and this is the first time I'll ever say this because I always thought they were backwards ass. But Quebec has a different kind of system where you do uh, 11 years of public school, then you do your SAGEP, and then you go to college or you go to university. And I'm not saying that's right either. I'm saying that um, possibly um, <clears throat> we need to determine what kind of things are, are more adequate for university level and what kind of things are more adequate for high school level, public school level, and, and, and frankly, what we're teaching kids. And when we start teaching them those critical analysis skills um, and, and, and other things like that, because we're using a, a vastly out, in my opinion, a vastly outdated education model that hasn't adapted to the to the modern times. Uh, and I'm a hundred percent down to talk anti-STEM. Well, obviously. Uh, no, I, I, I would agree. Like the the thing I would I would throw out there is the thing in terms of I, I I would challenge your your bias against the school system in that. How long has it been since your graduation from high school? I graduated high school in 2005, and I'm not against the school system. I just think the times have changed, and the school system hasn't. 100%. But what what interaction have you had with the school system? I, I, I suppose you've been chatting with your buddy, so that, well, that's, like that's he's fair. A, he's a long-term uh, so, teacher, but I also have another friend who you actually might know because you guys probably cross in similar circles who's who's been a, a, a you know graduated from Bishop's University as a teacher. Uh eight years ago now and has been working, you know, driving, he lives in Kingston. He's been going as far away as Perth and Cornwall to get, to get teaching hours to try and get his foot into the union while the union's full of dinosaurs, which is just a union issue anyway. In general, sure, that's, and that's not the, specific to teaching. That's no. And that's the thing I, I was going to go next with is like, so you, you've been technically 16 years, 15 to 16 Don't years since high like school, that. Right? You never ask a lady her age. <laughs> I'm sorry. So <laughs> I, I I can't remember a lot of things last week accurately, right? So like what what's your interpretation going through one side of the education model 16 years ago? Do you understand necessarily about the the facilitator side of the education model uh, today? Now, granted, chatting with your buddies um, probably does inform you a lot more than critical, critical uh, resource requirements that aren't being met by the government. And I'm not blaming the education system as a whole. It's, it's, it's a, it's a top down problem, right? Resource totally. allocation. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to, to the other side of it, like we have people that are, are, are going to be retiring this year that were certified to teach in 1991. My okay. brother was born a year um, before that. And I think he's tiny. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, in, by perspective, like I actually mentored somehow mentored a student teacher uh, this spring that was like he came in and I mean, I, it kind of like felt like a scene out of a war movie, like where you kind of walk in and like, here's the new guy and like, come on in and like, 
It's going to get ugly. Um, and I mean, I, I, a couple of times I like stopped mid sentence and was like, stop me if this sounds like incredibly bitter or like, like disenfranchised, like just, uh, trying to like kind of show him how to get through because next year he's going to be getting a class of his own in theory, because there's such a shortage of teachers right now based on the leaves and everything else. And I was like, the only way to survive right now is, is kind of what I'm showing you. Like it's self-preservation coming from experience. Uh, so I, I would agree in, in some of your, your sentiments in that, like, yes, there are like quote unquote dinosaurs still teaching in, in our field. Uh, something that I would say that, that I think might hopefully is enlightening. When I got into the teaching field, I was like, they're dinosaurs. They're holding a job. They're in my way. Get out of here. You don't, you don't understand what new teaching is like. Those are the people now I look to more than the newer teachers coming in. And that might be a sign of I'm becoming jaded or that my perspective on like the whole model and what's necessary has shifted. But again, I also graduated in 2005. I'm also 16 years out from that model. So my understanding of coming up from the student side of things versus seeing the teaching side of things, as I said, like I even remember being like a much better student than what my report card shows. Just, uh, just Yeah. Just to interject, sorry. Um, aside from the fact that your shoes are older than Cognac's time away from high school, their whiskey. Yeah, but he made of himself, would you say so that you the, know it's quality. <laughs> would you say, like, that's pretty common across mul- like all, all kinds of different dimensions, all kinds of different occupations where, you know, as you, you know, for us, for example, um, at our age, we're in our what mid thirties, somethings. Um, we're, we're at, we're at that age where we're starting to become, a, we're starting to become a little bit more jaded with our professions because we're starting to, I don't know, maybe it's, we're, we're applying a little bit more critical thought that now that we've been in the system long enough to understand, okay, this is a little bit. It's because up. both of us work. No, we, no, 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 whiskey, cognac, for, oh, I asked sorry. whiskey. Slow down, slow down. Slow down. Put your rubber back on. <laughs> um, listen. <laughs> um, like what? I, what I want to get at is, is kind, of, kind of an interesting thing. Um, so the the parallel is, I, I had a job interview this week, and I had worked, I had worked for this uh, this individual ten years ago. Um, what we what we need to realize is that when, it, when we're in these situations, you're actually speaking to another generation. Like in many respects, is is that the the values? There's a value shift here. So when you, when you when you leave high school, you're inspired, uh, hopefully, or maybe jaded. You, when you hit, hit university, you're you're eager because you've concentrated your knowledge from this wide ranging everything down to something that's potentially useful. And you're ready there to apply your craft using the PhD and all their knowledge inculcated to you, which is probably cutting edge. Like the people who formed you in university are doing active research in areas that you're fascinated by. Um, and then you went from this academic spiritual uh, world and then you hit this reality of applied science. Um, so there, that applied science is usually harbored and maintained by really fascinating technicians and practitioners of the craft saying, 
This is great. Uh, but this is the socio-demographic that you're dealing with. This is the school you're working at. Here's all the factors. Here's all the labor agreements you abide by. Here's all the school policies that you're doing. You, you have to work with. It's no longer about the individual. It's about the, the, the environment that you're working in that changes things. Um, so I think it's, it's fantastic to be on both sides. But how do you advance the individual at the same time you have to advance the workplace? Those are socio-cultural applications of a dynamic that drives everybody bananas. There's not a field that's untouched by this. If you work in government, there's a, the policy of researchers that says you need to do this. There's the think tanks that want to say this is what you need to do. There's a federal and there's provincial systems and there's municipal systems that you need to work in. Like we 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 need to understand is that is that when you have 30 million people, 35 million people, or you have 300 million people, we have layers of systems that we need to integrate into developing solutions for society because we group and self-identify in different ways that make how we're, we're prepared to receive things differently. We see that in our, our public health measures we just talked about. We see that in education. So, um like where I'm going with this is that like academia and applied academia are two different things. And I'll pass over to Cognac. And I'll drink again. For a man with a blood alcohol level of about 23%, you remain quite eloquent. I have to put it that way. <laughs> I like it. I honestly, I'm going to, like I said in the last, episode that we recorded i'm going to have to go back and listen to it to understand what the fuck you just said but <laughs> i agree with kanye that's good rick what do you got uh i i 100 agree in that like we even see it in high schools right like we see kids we were talking earlier about like university level students like we also have college level students right and uh one of the courses i taught this year was uh, a university college split which was a fascinating opportunity to talk to kids uh, about what those two streams really mean, because uh, some of the assignments that I was giving to the kids, like usually when you teach a split like that, you sort of modify both assignments uh, each time you, you give them out to the kids. And sometimes I was saying, no, the same assignment. And, there, and you, you get kids saying like, well, like, why are we doing more or less work and so on? And so we had this conversation one day about what university or college really is. And I, I said to the kids, I was like, so what do you expect to get out of a university degree? And, and they, they share the various ideas. And I said, like, the reality is you're going to graduate from university with zero job prospects. Like you, you're, you're going to have a skill set and you're going to now expect a higher income based on knowledge. But you have zero, zero uh, like skill set for the workforce. College is going to gear you entirely for that workforce. Like you're going to go in and learn Like you can learn about, uh, you know, in, in an engineering program, you can learn about how electricity is going to work but you are not going to understand how to be an electrician versus you go to college they're going to train you how to wire a fucking house. And if you go through this theoretical analysis of how you're going to, like how the electron moves through a, a current great, but then you're still probably going to have to go to college after you graduate university to be able to work in a field that you, you want to work in. You still need to go to a trade school. I, th and, I like that, how Cognac is lifting his hand, like teacher, teacher, <laughs> pick me. <laughs> um, 
and, and and that's kind of the, the challenge with, with 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 this college university thing because I I felt this when I went through university like I went through five years of schooling to be able to to get an entry level job in teaching and then scrapped for eight years and I kind of fast tracked for eight years to be able to get a contract permanent position but. In the same regard, I had friends that went through two years of college and then owned their own business and have been running that business for the past 10 years before I had a permanent job. And so I'm sitting there on one side of it with university education looking at like, holy fuck, I should have gone to college because this guy has it made. He's working through. He's got all the stuff versus now if I do a cost benefit analysis, I can say, well, I've got benefits. I've got a pension. I've got this. I've got that. But at the same sense, if we look at like sort of a net, a net earnings, he certainly got me beat. Right. And, and yeah, but he's that, also, that's, that's he's also we, in a different type of job in altogether. hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. You know, he's, and, he's, he's more likely to die on the job in a trade than you are. But that's right. There's all kinds of different but factors. There's, there's, Go ahead, Kanye. there's money involved in that. So uh, to, to reinforce Mr. James's yes. point, um, you know, the first, there, there's been five millionaires out of my graduating class. Uh, two of them got stupid lucky. They were going to University of, uh, of Ottawa in programming, uh, took a job for basically no money on graduation, you know, but with stock options for a little company called Shopify. And, you know, now that is how it is. The other three, though, that were millionaires, the other three that were millionaires first, one's a stonemason, one of like 120 in Ontario, registered stonemason. Uh, one was an electrician and one was uh, he went to college uh, for just mechanics, like just like a auto shop mechanic. But he went up north and lived in bloody Baffin Island or some nonsense for, for 10 years and just made a shit ton of money and stayed off the coke, which was a big thing for 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 the. No, but seriously, <laughs> like we can we can laugh about it, but like stayed off the coke and the hookers, which was is a big thing for these rig guys and the and the guys that work up in the mines. Oh, really? Oh, I did not up. know that. Uh, mass, <clears throat> I believe it. But... Problem. Guys with too much money, too young, nothing to do. Uh, it, it causes makes issues. sense. Um, so yeah. I, I think part of it is that we we had a cultural. I don't know. Uh, we're all the, basically the same generation. Our parents would have thought of us as failures if we didn't go to college but the fact is that those are the higher paying jobs because nobody wants to fucking do them and it's still skilled labor but the cultural perception is you're a failure unless you go to university to i don't know people have forgot what universities were for universities were for rich kids to go think about nonsense and maybe invent something but now they're kind of like now they're kind of like a now they're kind of like a um um a step we all it's, it's kind of like it's like third high school or second high school now um you know my uh, but to, to go back to the point about trying to find a job after after university my ex who's a great person and i don't have anything against her she had a she had a doctor she has a doctorate in chemical analysis when she graduated with her phd she could not find a job that paid what she considered an appropriate salary meanwhile i'm saying you're 29 years old and you've never had a job all you've ever done is be in school. I wouldn't pay you what they're offering you. Yeah, and they're and then I you can agree with qualify you. yourself for certain jobs. So I can agree with you on the point about it being like second high school and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you could apply that argument to just about any job. Like high school is uh, if we're gonna take your logic and go along with the fact that high school is 
you know, <clears throat> an assembly line of paid for daycare, government sponsored daycare, it's it, 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 you're still going through and going from starting from scratch as a, you know, what do they call it as a junior and making your way up to senior in about four to five years where you know your shit and you know what's going on within your environment. Then you're just going to move on to the next environment. You can say the same for any job that you go into. It's the same. If you're good. High school rules, high school social rules still apply no matter what environment you end up. But the difference is a technical school. But the idea that the university was just a, a place to send where rich kids sent their rich people sent their kids. That was a place, you know, that was a place where you went to learn about your culture. Yes, maybe depending on what generation we're talking about. All Oxford was a church school to start with. That's what I meant. Whereas rich kids went to go think about things. But at the end of the day, yes, yes, hundred percent. You got to be good at what you do, but all the trades, all the trades have technical requirements that you need to be certified by the government to be okay, safe in okay. what you're doing. So you can't just, just stop. anybody just, can get a philosophy just pass degree. Pass it to Rick. Pass the ball whoa, to Rick. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're getting some you're stop not, signs you're here. You're not Rick. You're not Will Smith. Pass it over to Rick. Uh, so 100% I would agree that there are codes and things that in trade school that we have to follow. However, with an English and history joint major degree, uh, I have submitted for the second time building plans for my house in various renovations that we're going to do because I have the skills in, in that I've learned how to learn. I can go in and I can access what's required in building code and drafting poly- drafting techniques and so on. So I, I can put together those techniques and put in a set of plans to the township and say, Hey, this is what I'm going to build. It meets code. I'm going to do the work myself because YouTube exists and I can learn. And how I to agree do with this, that. And right? learning is learning. Um, I, I do want to ask what right. building code that tiny little door to your right shoulder is for. Oh, I'd like to fucking know. Uh, this is going to be like my daughter's like little playroom one day. Um, yeah, I don't know. Weird side splits, the 70s. Dude, sorry, it is what it is. I couldn't let it go anymore. I couldn't let it go anymore. It's just right there, and it that bothered a, me. That was very astute. That was astute. That was well played. Well played, sir. Uh, is this a door for ants? <laughs> yeah. Whiskey, so go ahead. What, I, I think what we, we need to understand that there's two streams here. There's an applied stream, and there's a theoretical stream. And when you get off the theoretical, theoretical bus, that really matters. So when you when you apply to doctoral programs like I have, um, what you're trying to do is different than when you enter your undergrad. So when you when you mm. enter your undergrad, you say, "I have the aptitude. I have completed the courses. Therefore, let me in." When you do a master's, I have understood some shit at undergrad school X, and th- my grades were good enough to go. Okay, but when you under when you go from when you go to uh, doctoral schools, like how do you want to advance the research to benefit society? There's a difference. And I got to scroll down to see what uh, Dancy Pants says because he's got like a, some sort of infection. <laughs> it's okay. I figured it out. <laughs> he's, he's got some sort of infection. Um, as it, no, what really you need to understand is that there's an application and research and the, the standards that come out of uh, the college programs are based on research that's done at the doctoral level and the master's level. So there's there's linkages back into those programs because without that, without that low cost research, because 
much of the research that happens is when you employ master's students to underst understand things and build the data to support different things, uh, different uh, course of action, that never percolates to, to the colleges, that never percolates into standards, that never gets input to the save lives. So there's a relationship in that field. Um, but I do I agree that... It, or or the short firm... No, do it. The short form of that is my dad, as as is as my dad would say, is your, your your future employer is basically looking at your capacity for being able to deal with bullshit, and that's the level. Way to of, devalue everything you know, I just said. You know, undergraduate, <laughs> <laughs> undergraduate to masters to PhD. That's really what it comes down to. Well, that's just also <laughs> that's, that's just also like working. Yeah, hey, you, you're you're not paid for your bit. Okay, anybody can answer and receive emails. You're not paid for your ability. Okay, sorry. Uh, okay, no, okay, no. You're making an assumption here. Yeah. You, okay, you, you know you know this better than okay. anyone. You know to to uh, to take a page from uh, Daniel Tosh's book. If you don't think eight out of a ten America, if you don't think two out of ten Americans are too lazy for jobs, then you have never been anywhere, right? Like, okay, wow, that's like going to SNL on a job interview. <laughs> we've got the useless, but we're not allowed to just let the useless. You're waving your hand. Give them something to do. We have to give the useless something to do. But most people, they most people do. can 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 be relatively confident potent at what they're doing or at least act like they are um and and we we do pay them for their ability to tolerate the incompetent in my opinion generally speaking whether it be your students mr james or our fellow bureaucrats misters whiskey and rocks uh the, the, i would say at least 40 percent of my salary is because i never throw punched an incompetent idiot because I could. Because you're not allowed to. <laughs> that's that's uh, well. There's no workplace that tolerates to the that. There's all. no workplace that tolerates <laughs> that. Gents, it's literally a law. Ah, <laughs> we have laws that prevent people from breaking other laws. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. <laughs> we're we're two kitty gloves, you know. Maybe wow, we're overpopulated because we let the dummies <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're overpopulated on this ball because as soon as we got a bloody global plague that might have sorted it out and lowered housing prices by killing the old boomers that own all the houses and made more of a supply than there is a demand we decided we have to vaccinate against it womp womp we had our shot wow you're sounding I'm you're sounding more honestly i'm just fucking around i don't believe any of that uh, but i do have to go jensen it's been a pleasure and i'm gonna have to talk to you next time um the, the listeners don't believe that diatribe uh, but i do have to jet okay. mr james okay. may I, mr. To... james may i have permission hey. to leave class uh ple pleasure meeting you cognac may i may i may i may uh, i, may I use dismissed. the washroom uh, absolutely thank I'm taking over the time though. It's Pandora that has All arrived. Right, see you, Cognac. Have a good night. Cheers, fellas. Oh my god. Okay. Well, that's probably a good point to start wrapping shit up. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. What a recording. We are two hours in 
and uh, I've got a two-parter on my hands. I think I know exactly how I'm taking this, but <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Okay. What have we done? Whiskey, can I count on you to do this, or is this all me? <laughs> well, as like four people, one podcast, one conversation. We started with uh, the pandemic and its influence on education. That we started on education, and then we went to education policy, the effects of academia on technology, and then we went from technology as as a as, as, or technical colleges as a reasonable way of income, and we back went back to academia, and then we are here. Um, what I would suggest is wow, that was actually pretty good. That was impressive. <laughs> That's my forte. That's why you keep considering me- <laughs> it's a Friday night and you're half in the bag, dude. You're, dude that was impressive. Half a bottle. I I'm gotta a half say. bottle. Um, I, 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 oh my god, god. I think I only drink on when we podcast, so let's let's just go with it. I, I think what we need to understand. All right, is- I'm going with it. The bigger thing is the pandemic has changed us. It has changed our habits. It's changed what we do. Um, we talked about buyers' habits um, and how that's changing the supply system. We changed how it's changing how we learn. It changed how we we we, we consume and understand knowledge. And then we how, how the the present generation shapes the future generation. And I I think there's 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 a a a a one-two punch in that. So at the same time as the current generation is changing and adapting to the circumstances around us, is trying to pass on that knowledge to the current generation, which is struggling to really learn and grow in uncertain times with while being bombarded what is the internet of a, a monstrosity of, of um, you know, candy and, and tax. Um, and you don't get to pick which candy you get. There's, there's, with this uncertainty is they're moving to a future of academia or trades. And really what it comes down to is your ability to financially exist in the academia world, which is a privileged world of, of thought versus the technically astute, but provides immediate income and benefit. At the same, both these people arrive to the job market in which they don't know if that job market exists. Will you need a furnace installer, you know, or will you need a solar roof installer? I don't know. Um, so when you go through these things and go through this exercise, the economy is changing, demand is changing, we are changing as a society. So we need to evaluate on two factors. The first factor is the individual. Where does the individual's rights end? And where does society's rights to impose on the individual end? That is an interesting question. But I'm just a drunk guy. Cheers. (laughs) I'll add to that. Only These are not necessarily closing points, but I think these are good points to think about for anybody listening. Um, this is something that uh, I, I like that you, uh, Rick and Cognac brought up was the, so like whiskey so astutely summarized, we talked about the practicality of education and how we've in the first episode or the first 
uh, first bit of the conversation, we talked about the practice of what's what's actually going on in 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 education. But when you guys got into that discussion about the philosophy of what is actually what can we actually do to update our policy, update our system? I think those are good questions. Those are good things that things at, at, at least gets the conversation started or gets people thinking about these things. Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you guys. Like I'm, in, I'm a believer in the idea that, yeah, I think we're long overdue for an update. But I don't want it to be so radical that, you know, it completely disrupts and upsets how we actually educate our kids and turn them into, um, into productive civil servants or productive members of society. They don't only have to be. They don't even have to be civil servants. But that, that's. You know, that's what kind of what I'm getting at is just start the conversation. And with that, I think that's a good place to end her. You got anything else to add there, Rick? Uh, I would just piggyback on that and say that I think uh, education is long overdue for a sort of like reimagining. But I think that the time to do that is is not during a global pandemic. And I think that uh, we kind of got to like catch our breath after this is all done and go like, okay, we got through that. Let's, uh, let's go back and re-examine things. Um, I, I think that's the key, the key step. And when you mentioned like being careful of not making radical overhauls right away, I think that's, uh, that's spot on. hundred percent. I agree with that. And with so, that in mind, uh, I'm whiskey and I'm rocks. And thank you very much, Rick James and shout out to Cognac for joining us halfway through. Uh, This was great. I am nothing if I don't try and follow through on my projects. Closing off the solo works of each member of the Beatles, we have my father's favorite, George Harrison, the quiet one. Hey, did you know that George Harrison once got sued for his song, My Sweet Lord? Yeah, it sounded too much like He's So Fine as sung by the Chiffons. Check out the intro to both songs, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you hear it in the vocals, it's that, My Sweet Lord, or that, uh, He's So Fine, it's that, that kind of descending tone thing that you hear in the vocals. I think that's what they caught him for. Anywho. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose. Weekly? Might need to work on that. Of Whiskey and Rocks, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google. Does Google Play do? Uh, Maybe I need to update our closeout. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us out even more if you spread the word and share us on Facebook and follow us on all the social medias. Well, wherever you can find us anyway. We're on Twitter. We are at whiskey. We are at whiskey and rocks one. Uh, all the links are in the description. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320 Club.